0: This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday, 10 to 2, on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Busy day at the BC Legislature. Let's check in now with Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief, Global TV. Keith, thanks for coming in. Uh, good to be here, Simi. Let's talk, first of all, about a potential Metro Vancouver mm-hmm. bus strike this Friday. I just talked to Harry Baines, the Labor Minister, who's and he also sat up in the hallway a short time ago that no intervention from the government at least for now that's not a surprise
1: no surprise and Harry Baines was pretty clear in the in the scrummy head with Press Gallery Reporters no government intervention is being contemplated but we're just at the beginning of something that could get really out of hand I, I don't think the government's going to do much if it's just work to rule uh, some uh, some inconvenience to the public if there's a full-fledged walkout then you would expect I would expect because we've seen it happen in the past where a government and an NDP government did as well in the 90s would step in and legislate an end to the dispute but we a long way from that
0: <clears throat> I remember when the Gordon Campbell stepped in in 2001, mm-hmm. and that's that thing dragged on for four months. And I thought, I thought that we waited too long because a lot of people were getting inconvenienced. Yeah, out. that
1: that one was uh, getting on the public's nerves. I think uh, this one. I mean, anytime there's a transit walkout, uh, the public is uh, doesn't like it, and that uh, puts enormous political pressure on a government to step in. But again, we're at the very beginning of what could be a long drawn out process.
0: Do you think there's been some talk today about? should the government make transit an essential service and ban strikes by bus drivers? I mean, that's not going to happen either. Even the Liberals didn't do that.
1: No, certainly an NDP government is just not going to contemplate something like that. Uh, It's going to be interesting. Someone pointed out to me... uh, uh, that uh, the Winnipeg there's a w- similar work uh, situation in Winnipeg, and the and the drivers there just stopped collecting fares. Yeah, Which yeah, Would yeah, be a, yeah, an interesting yeah. technique if that an uh, interesting pressure point to put on, uh, the company here if they were to suddenly end the revenue stream. That would also get the government's attention. Free bus quick. rides. But, yeah. Maybe the public would say, "Hey, just keep hey, stay on strike forever." It's still finding impossible to get on the B line though. Yeah, right. Crowded. <laughs>
0: Yeah, even more crowded. Exactly. Let me let me ask you quickly about ICBC and the dumpster fire going mm-hmm. on over there because it's been interesting last couple of days with the release of ICBC's financial statements. No surprise showing massive two-year losses there of over $2 billion. There had been a lot of talk by David Eby that this is the year they were going to turn the corner and yeah. they were going to put this dumpster fire out. ICBC gets back in the black. I'm starting to think now that's not going to happen, well, especially after EB lost that court case. And who knows, he might win. He might lose some other court cases too.
1: Yeah, I remember being in the budget lockup back in February when you and I and others were very skeptical with officials saying, "Really, you're going to go from a bi- losing more than a billion dollars in one year to suddenly only losing 50 million and then turning a profit the next year?" And we were told, "Yep, we've got the things in place; it's all going to work." Well, they're already lost a big one, and that was uh, the limiting the number of expert witnesses that could be in some of these cases.
0: Right, they lost in court on that one, unconstitutional.
1: And it remains to be seen whether they'll win on their, their cap of uh, payments for soft uh, tissue injuries, as well as their move to try to get more things out of court and into a civil uh, tribunal process. And Yeah, because uh,
0: the lawyers are suing them over those two as well.
1: If they lose those two cases and can't win on appeal, that basically is a billion dollars between the three. $400 million is the price tag attributed to losing the witness uh, uh, court case. I'm still trying to get a, a handle on an answer from finance. When is with that $400 million be booked would it be yeah. in, in the current fiscal year or would it be spread over a number of years but that's a pretty big number for the budget to absorb
0: yeah you know what david eby you said yesterday if he loses these other court cases after he's already lost once let's say he strikes out three times he his word for that was catastrophic yeah. he said that'd be catastrophic for icbc's budget and you know what It'd be curtains for this NDP government's budget surplus, too. I mean, that that probably unbalances the provincial budget as well.
1: Yeah, the surplus that was updated in the last quarter is uh, less than $300 million now. So yeah. it's teetering on the edge. And the economy is starting to go down. As uh, Carol James has, has said, the economic forecasts have been downgraded. you, you got to figure they're worried about uh, the more than billion dollars they expected to take from the forest industry this year. And the forest industry is in crisis with th- thousands of people out of work. you got to figure that revenue number is going to be changed so a lot of numbers are going south for the NDP right now, and ICBC might be one of the biggest.
0: You know, I, what I detect here is this government softening the public up right now for that budget going into the red. Mm-hmm. And they're already trying to pin everything on the personal injury lawyers. I mean, they're, the, the lawyers are mad as hell at them, and the, the government keeps heaping the heaping the blame on these lawyers. And also going after the liberals saying, hey this ICBC dumpster fire, you guys started the fire when you were in power mm-hmm. and you guys are responsible. You can already see how they're trying to apportion that political blame on somebody else. And to me, as I'm watching, I'm going, oh man, this budget's going off the rails here and they're already looking to blame somebody else. What are your yeah, thoughts there? Yeah,
1: Well, they're trying to uh, shift as much of the ICBC blame onto the liberals as they can. Yeah. And they've got a lot of stuff to be able to sh- shift towards it. There's a lot, there's a track record there that uh, David Eby was very funny last week in the, in the question period. He l- sort of, uh, jokingly said, finally, you're asking me a question on ICBC. Well, well, well. Because he's got a lot of ammunition he can throw back at the Liberals saying, this is what happened on your watch. And he's not done yet. He, I'm sure he's got more to throw at them as well. But uh, again, it's, a, it's a, a race to the finish here between these two parties. Who will the public attach most of the blame on ICBC to come the fall of 2021? Will it still be the BC Liberals or will that be a distant memory replaced by the current administration, the NDP, because your rates are going to go up for most people uh, over the next two years on the NDP's watch, not the Liberals.
0: Yeah, because I'm not sure if people care too much if the balance gets unbudget, uh or unbalanced. Well, look at Justin uh, Trudeau. Ma- well, I'm just thinking the same thing. Like, Trudeau just went in and said, yeah, oh. I remember I promised to balance the budget this year? Well, guess what? I'm racking up massive multi-billion dollar deficits as well. Nobody really seemed to care that much about the it, the budget being It didn't being seem unbalanced.
1: to be didn't seem to be an issue in the federal election. Yeah. Uh, we covered that a lot, and that really didn't come up. Other issues came to the fore, and perhaps the NDP will roll the dice here and hope it's not a matter a big issue with the voters here. I think they have to be more concerned with the bond rating services. If they lose their their bond rating, uh, then the cost of borrowing starts to go up significantly, and that becomes a serious problem. Where a deficit, but, it's even harder to be eradicated.
0: But I think this ICBC thing is a real big problem for this government now mm-hmm. because I think there were some high hopes that maybe they would be able to erase these losses. And in fact, in the first quarter of the current fiscal year, it they were confident that they were going to get mm-hmm. back in the black here. Now, uh, it looks like, especially if they lose these court cases, those plans are off the rails and I think this get, and and the big one I think for people is if your ICBC bill starts to go up dramatically, that's going to really tick people off.
1: Well, yeah, and uh, David E.B. argues that most people, something like sixty percent, will see their insurance go down. Forty percent will see it go up. The people who are watching it go up are young drivers or, or drivers with little experience are getting and we NW has had lots of people on uh, tales of uh, woe of five thousand dollar insurance uh, premiums. Uh, so those uh, my point there politically. If a millennial's insurance, 22-year-old driver's insurance, goes up to $5,000 and they need that car to drive around, well, guess what? Mom and dad will be the ones who step in and pay that bill, as so, as happens for so many millennials. And those are people who vote. And that's where the, I think the NDP has to be. A little concerned that it's not just young drivers they're, they may be ticking off here. It's their parents.
0: Thanks for coming in. All right. That's Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global BC, with his take on the day's events. I think that that uh, dumpster fire at ICBC is just going to keep on burning.